This is The Art of Being You, and I'm Rachel Wortman. This podcast brings you inspiration, insights, and practical tools to help you become more like Jesus. Get ready to embrace who God has created you to be. I've got a great episode in store for you today, so without further ado, here is The Art of Being You. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. Welcome to the art of being you. Today, we're going to do something a little bit different. I'm kind of excited to share with you a passage of scripture that God has been speaking to me about a lot over the last couple of weeks. And I think it's going to be encouraging to you. So um, today we're going to be reading Proverbs chapter 16, and I want to share kind of a little bit as we go some different insights that we can have to better our lives. Um, I don't know about you, but I think it's good to sometimes read the Bible with a fresh lens and hear other people's perspective on it. So if you're not in a Bible study, maybe this can be a momentary Bible study, you know, collective with you, for you. And if you are in a Bible study, I'd love to hear about it and hear what you are reading and how it's impacting you. Today, I'm going to be reading out of the Amplified Translation, which is my personal favorite translation. Um, Essentially, the Amplified looks at the various root words and they provide to you the options of what the translator could have used um, when they used it. So you can kind of look and see for yourself. It's a little bit more of a robust look at the scriptures. It is longer, usually, and a little bit more wordy. Um, but yeah, let's dive into it. How about Proverbs 16, verse uh, starting in verse 1 from the Amplified Translation? And this is what it says. The plans and reflections of the heart belong to man, but the wise answer of the tongue is from the Lord. All the ways of a man are clean and innocent in his own eyes, and he may see nothing wrong with his actions. Okay, I don't know about you, but that one is like a bit of an ouch to me. When the Lord was, um, he actually led me to this scripture. A lot of times when I'm spending time with God, he'll say, go read. And he'll give me like the address of the verse, like Proverbs 16, uh, 1 and 2, I think was what he told me that day. And I'm reading it and I'm like, whoa, the all the ways of a man are clean and innocent in his own eyes. Okay, that's humbling, right? And then it goes on in verse two to say this, but the Lord weighs and examines the motives and intents of the heart and knows the truth. So this is kind of an echo to where in Psalms, David says, search my heart and know me, see if there's any offensive way in me. Essentially in Proverbs, God is saying, I do. I do see where your motives are. I see what your intentions are. And and I know the truth of what you think. And in some ways that can feel really overwhelming and scary, but I think that should feel very comforting to us that even if we're trying to hide, God will not let us hide. And then it goes to verse three, and this is where I've been camped out for a while. It says, commit your works to the Lord, submit and trust them to him, and your plans will succeed if you respond to his will and guidance. So essentially, God is saying a lot of times the ideas that are in your mind are not from the Lord. But when I am speaking to you, commit your plans to me and I will help you make them happen. A lot of us do the commitment part. We say, God, I want to do this. Would you help me? But then when he's guiding us, we often miss what he's doing 
to guide. The Holy Spirit is given to us as our guide. And I think this is where the new age kind of belief gets the idea of like a spirit guide, which is always, if it's not the Holy Spirit, always a demon um, that is, you know, trying to cause destruction in somebody's life. But the idea that a spirit is guiding you is actually a biblical principle and not just a spirit, but the Holy Spirit. So when we commit our plans to the Lord, the things that we want to do in our life, he actually invites us into a relationship with the Holy Spirit where the Holy Spirit will guide us to help us accomplish those things. And I just think that's really awesome. But verse four is where it gets a little bit interesting. And this is what it says. The Lord has made everything for its own purpose, even the wicked, according to their role for the day of evil. This is like, this is a tough one to think about, especially on this side of the cross where we are not living in this time period where they were still going out and vanquishing the enemies of God and killing everybody, including the women and children. Like it's a lot. It's a lot to think about and to process. And what God is saying here is that every single life is created. And I know this is a difficult thing to think about, but on this side of the cross, every single life is destined to know Jesus and everybody plays a role in what God wants to do. I think this is one of the scriptures where people start to think, well, so then are we all just like pawns on a chessboard and God is just moving us wherever he wants us to? No, not at all. I think what's happening here is the writer of Proverbs is acknowledging that God works all things out for good without necessarily saying it like that. He's acknowledging that everybody usually plays a part in God's plan, even the ones that seem to be against you. So hear this, if you've committed your ways to the Lord and you have people who are against you in that and you have friction, then ask the Lord what their role is in your life. Because sometimes it's to help you get stronger and more confident. Sometimes it's to help you um, exercise your authority to pray and see the Lord like move. I mean, honestly, a lot of the challenges that we face are actually training opportunities, even though we don't want to look at them like that. So verse five, it says, everyone who is proud and arrogant in heart is disgusting and exceedingly offensive to the Lord. This was like, ooh, I don't know. I know I have been proud and arrogant in my life before. And it's interesting to think about like how that spirit, that attitude rather, not necessarily spirit, but that attitude of arrogance where it's like, you just know you're right and you will not ever admit that you're wrong. That's disgusting to the Lord. And I don't know about you, but this is a good time to interject that for those of us that are in Christ Jesus, we are so thankful for Jesus's forgiveness that washes over some dumb things like that, that we do. It says, be assured he will not go unpunished. Verse six, by mercy and loving kindness and truth, not superficial ritual, wickedness is cleansed from the heart. And by the fear of the Lord, one avoids evil. So this is really good because what it's saying is if you've got wickedness in your heart, here's how you get rid of it. It's God's mercy and loving kindness and through truth. It's not just empty rituals that, you know, cleanse and purify us. This is this is such a big deal. In fact, even in today's day and age, right, the idea of like saging a place is so people think that's going to like make it clean. 
And although scientifically there are some antioxidant properties in sage, when people use a ritual like that, not only are they agreeing with something from the kingdom of darkness, but also like in the kingdom of God, that ritual has no power. Actually, it will hinder you because it will it will invite um, activity of the enemy because that's what it is. So it's like, okay, when we need God to do something, how does he do it? With mercy and loving kindness and truth, not superficial ritual. Verse seven, when a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. Wow. This is like, I don't know about you, but I just, I love that. When a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. Better is a little with righteousness than great income gained with injustice. Better is a little with, with in, uh, righteousness. What is that saying? If you don't have a lot of money, but you have righteousness in your heart, that's so much better than having a lot of money, but being an unjust person. Proverbs, I believe it's 10, says that um, the blessing of the Lord makes us rich and he adds no sorrow to it. It's important for us to understand that in the kingdom of God, money is supposed to be a blessing, not a hindrance. And so if there's ever sorrow attached to your money, if there's ever frustration, then there's something wrong that needs to be prayed through. It's better to have a little with righteousness than a great income gained with injustice. Verse nine, a man's mind plans his way as he journeys through life, but the Lord directs his steps and establishes them. A divine decision given by God is on the lips of the king as his representative. His mouth should not be unfaithful or unjust in judgment. A just balance and honest scales are the Lord's. All the weights of the bag are his concern established by his eternal principles. Guys, this is good news. This is good news. This means that the way that God measures you is fair in God's eyes, that it is, it's just. Verse 12, it is repulsive to God and man for kings to behave wickedly, for a throne is established on righteousness, right standing with God. Righteous lips are the delight of kings, and he who speaks right is loved. We all know that to be true. The wrath of a king is like a messenger of death, but a wise man will appease it. In the light of the king's face is light is life, excuse me, and his favor is like a cloud bringing the spring rain. <laughs> I feel like this is Solomon writing this, and I just kind of feel like he's looking at this is not true, but this is how I imagine this. He's looking in the mirror at that moment. He's like, "Oh, in the light of a king's life, face is life, and his favor is like a cloud bringing the spring rain." Um, it goes on. Verse sixteen says, "How much better it is to get wisdom than gold, and to get understanding is to be chosen above silver." You know why? Because wisdom and understanding are two of the seven spirits of God. Wisdom and understanding are facets of the Holy Spirit that can help you, and they are so much more valuable than gold and silver. Verse 17, the highway of the upright turns away and departs from evil. He who guards his way protects his life. And the Amplified says that could also be translated, he protects his soul. Are you guarding your way? Are you guarding yourself? Because pride in verse 18, pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. It's better to be humble in spirit with the lowly than to divide the spoil with the proud. He who pays attention to the word of God will find good. Hello, you guys, this is an important scripture. If you pay attention to God's word, you will find good. And it goes on to say, and blessed, happy, prosperous, to be admired, is he who confidently trusts in the Lord. 
or is she? We could interchange that there. You, When you are trusting in God, when you are confidently trusting the Lord, you are blessed, you are happy, you are prosperous, and you are to be admired. Verse 21, we're almost done. The wise in heart will be called understanding. And sweet speech increases persuasiveness and learning in both speaker and listener. Understanding or spiritual insight is a refreshing and boundless wellspring of life to those who have it. It's interesting. Philippians um, goes on to say there's a peace that surpasses understanding. And I think there's like an echo of these two scriptures together that understanding is so refreshing to us. We love to know But there's a peace in God that when we don't know can actually go above and beyond the work that understanding can bring in us. It says, but to give instruction and correction to fools is foolishness. The heart of the wise instructs his mouth in wisdom and adds persuasiveness to his lips. Pleasant words are like a honeycomb, sweet and delightful to the soul and healing to the body. There is a way which seems right to a man and appears straight before him, but its end is the way of death. So can you see how through this book, through this chapter, there is this theme of like what's inside of you may not be from the Lord. What's inside of you needs to be committed to God. Your ideas and your plans for your life need to be submitted to the word of the Lord. Otherwise, they can end us in a place where we don't want to end up going. Verse 26, the appetite of a worker works for him and his hunger urges him on. A worthless man devises and digs up evil, and the words of his lips are like a scorching fire. A perverse man spreads strife, and one who gossips separates intimate friends. There's like a note in there for some of us. The one who gossips separates intimate friends. A violent and exceedingly covetous man entices his neighbor to sin and leads him in a way that's not good. He who slyly winks his eyes does so to plot perverse things. When I read this the other day, I was just chuckling, thinking like my husband likes to wink at me, especially when he's leading worship. He'll like wink at me if he sees me looking at him. And it makes me laugh when I read that. I thought, oh, no, you know, the winker in the Bible, in the Bible times, if you were a winker, that meant you were plotting bad things. So that's not my husband. But anyways, maybe we should rethink how much we wink. Uh, I'm kidding. Uh, It says, and he who compresses his lips as if in a secret signal brings evil to pass. I think what this is talking about is like people who are cunning and want to do bad things. They actually give off indicators of that. They actually like we can read their body language and discover that they have perversity in mind. They have evil in mind and that we should pay attention to those things. Now, here's the last three verses, and this one is for all of you guys who are in your legacy years in life, and it's verse 31. It says, the silver-haired head, the silver-haired head is a crown of splendor and glory. It is found in the way of righteousness. And I think that's such a beautiful thing. That's what I hope for myself is as I grow older and I'm walking in righteousness, that it will be, my age will be like wisdom crowning in glory. And then here's where we're going to wrap this up. He who is slow to anger is better and more honorable than a mighty soldier. And he who rules and controls his own spirit better than he who captures a city. The lot is cast into the lap, but every decision is from the Lord. So what is this saying? He who is slow to anger is better and more honorable than a mighty soldier. What this means to me is those who can walk in self-control 
who can temper themselves, who can understand to not just like, you know, fly off and go MMA fighter on everybody around you that is in your way. They're actually better than somebody who can capture an entire city. He says the one who rules and controls his own spirit is better than like the biggest warrior who can go out and subdue an entire city. Guys, that's the power of self-control. That's the power of self-discipline that you are better than a, the mightiest warrior. I think this is so interesting. And then of course the last verse, which I just read verse, verse 33 says the lot is cast into the lap, but it's every decision comes, uh, oops, I read that wrong, but it's every decision is from the Lord. So back in the day, they used to cast lots in this way where they would pray beforehand. They would invite the Holy spirit to, um, invite God to like lead in the casting of the lots. And they would basically throw these sticks on the ground kind of thing. And that would be what they would, that's how they heard the Lord in a lot of ways. And so Proverbs is saying that. And I think there's something to that. Like when we commit to the Lord and when we ask and we invite him to help us, we have to trust that he's going to actually help us. I don't know that, you know, we, we might want more than one confirmation if we're like casting a lot, but that it's okay to say, God, are you in this and ask him and let him show you that. I love this chapter. I heard somebody say the other day, Psalms is for your heart and Proverbs is for your mind. And I thought that was a really beautiful thing. Proverbs teaches us how to interact with the world and it teaches us how to understand God's mind. And if we can have God's mind, we can do so many things. So I want to just, you know, reiterate at the beginning of Proverbs, this is where I felt like the Lord just kind of wanted us to, to camp for a moment. It's that, um, when this, this whole idea in verse two and three, that all the ways, man, all the ways of a man are clean in his own eyes. They're innocent in his own eyes. And you might see nothing wrong with your actions, but the Lord weighs and examines the motives and intents of the heart. And he knows the truth. And so we commit our ways to the Lord. So I just want to encourage you today. When was the last time that you asked the Lord to examine your heart? If you asked him to, to cut through the motives that are going on inside of you, to push you the motives aside. I do this regularly and it's one of my favorite things to do. It's not really pleasant. Like it's not fun when God sifts through me and I can see that I have a motivation that's wrong, but I love feeling like I have a clean heart before the Lord. And I love committing my ways to God and trusting that he's going to come through and he's going to show me and he's going to guide me. When you're moving forward and you're taking new ground and you're doing something new, it can be so nerve wracking, right? It can be so um, disorienting and kind of kind of scary a little bit. But when we know that when we commit our works to the Lord, he sends the Holy Spirit to guide us, it is that much more comforting. So this is a promise for you, for those of you guys that have committed the works, your works to the Lord. The Holy Spirit is coming to guide you. He's already there with you and he's showing you the steps to walk in. Until next time, be blessed. You've just listened to another episode of The Art of Being You. My goal is to empower you to embrace the goodness of God over your life and step into that abundant life that can only be found in Jesus Christ. And did I mention that I'd love to connect with you? Find me on Facebook and Instagram at Rachel Wartman and on TikTok at The Rachel Wartman. You can find more resources, including my books and other teachings at rachelwartman.com.